The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to episode 13 of Your Average Ordinary. I'm your host, Dan Torres. Hope everybody out there it had a great week. Uh, this is your mental health checkpoint. You're doing great. Relax. Breathe. Uh, you're enough. You're doing amazing, and you matter. Um, take a quick second to plug my cousin Katie's shop. Um, go check out Wicked Memories over at 408 Oliver Street. They've got these awesome candles and other products that will just make your home so much more complete. It is family-owned. We know um, how much we support local businesses on this podcast, too, so make sure you're supporting the city of North Tonawanda and supporting good people locally. Again, that is 408 Oliver Street. Go check them out. They have in-store deals every Saturday, too, so make sure you take advantage of those. And we will uh, repost more about them as it comes out, too, so that you guys can stay updated on it. Um, my guest today, I've gotten to know in the past two years or so. Um, he has become a person I feel relatively close with. Um, I think he can agree with that. The feeling is mutual. The feeling is absolutely mutual <laughs> between us. Um, he's a super, super talented actor. Um, he's an amazing lighting designer, and he is just a very, very multi-talented personality and such a fun person to talk to. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt DeVita. Why, thank you so much for having I'm me. I'm so happy Daniel to see Torres. you, dude. I, can't, I keep looking across the table and like making sure you're there because it's been so long since dude, we've gotten to hang out. You're straight up glowing from all these uh, hanging lights you got above you. Isn't this it awesome? complements your skin tone very well. This is such a good setup. <laughs> I love. I wish we had video sometimes so that people could see the setup we have in oh, here because I feel so at home, and that's why I'm so comfortable recording all the time in here. Yeah, dude, straight up. This is a very uh, professional setup. I was actually kind of like, and no offense, I was a little shocked because I've never been on a podcast where like people actually have a room that's soundproof dude nobody has, has no one has this shit it's so weird because i so i came across this place because i've been looking to start something like this for years and this was always uh an idea i had but yeah. i could never do it because theater schedules and things like that and i didn't mm-hmm. have the time to really start it and sit and plan so then, you know, COVID hits and like <laughs> nothing's happening. I was jobless for a while and then had to get back on my feet and do, uh, you know, kind of get back to being myself. Mm-hmm. And then while I'm trying to find things to occupy myself, I was like, I know um, this guy, Matt, who's had this podcast studio at my old middle school Which of all places. Nuts. Fallout Isn't shelter that as well. Weird? For everyone, uh, just there's, in case the fallout happens. So there's a tunnel. <laughs> You didn't even see this part yet. No. So the, the the fallout shelter at the bottom door that you saw, um, that leads to a tunnel. The tunnel mm-hmm. goes between this school and the church that you see next door. We used to use it in the winter when it snowed because, like, what? people the plows couldn't get there. It was snowing too hard. They didn't want to bring the kids over for church. Oh, so you'd go through this tunnel. Was this, this a tunnel. private school? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. I know that life. Dude. 
25 people in my class from yep. kindergarten to eighth grade. Then I jumped to a school when I went to high school that my graduating class was like 300 kids. Holy shit. Such a ridiculous jump. Well, dude. Ridiculous. Straight up, I am also a parochial school boy. Hey. I've been in Catholic school literally my entire life, <laughs> straight through college. I love it. So, I mean, yeah, not so much anymore. I mean, but, I mean. We we all keep our our ideals and our mannerisms yeah. and things. I'm so thankful that I went to private school mm-hmm. and Catholic school, honestly, because they, they set really good standards for me. I completely I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, we literally, I'll never, I'll never forget, we had a second grade teacher that like created this system for like how to use manners Mm -hmm. and basically like you would be caught doing something polite quote unquote and so it incentivizes all the kids to like be polite in some way because then if you got caught you get a little slip that said you were caught being polite and then you put it into this (laughs) raffle and you get like this this woman basically had a fucking toy store in the back of the room and if you got picked from that raffle you got to go in the back and pick out like some really wicked prizes that's such cool incentive yeah. i love that so i learned all my manners through that and that was from a fucking private school thing we just did at the school i work at uh the kids uh had like a behavioral program and mm-hmm. their teachers nominated them at the end of the week we had like a pizza party for them so we went to Hell their rooms yeah. and like dropped off slices of pizza for the individual kids that were like really good that's awesome. the other kids of course are like oh come on like why didn't i get that we're like be good be a good kid <laughs> like <laughs> then just you get rewarded exactly and like promote being good with other kids like exactly. don't just do it yourself like promote it and like mm-hmm. practice it um, oh yeah dude but i uh so in like January of this year or so, mm-hmm. maybe later than that, um, I sent Matt a Facebook message because I've known him for like 10 years. And I was like, hey, I've been like curious about starting a podcast. Could you maybe like let me know how I'd be able to get started? And he he said, you know what? We've got openings at our studio if you want to like jump on. And I immediately mm-hmm. was like, yeah, let's like meet up and talk for a little bit and get an idea. And we sat down for half an hour and he was like, I love your idea. I, mm-hmm. I wanted this off the bat. I wanted it to just be like local people that I know that I know are really interesting and cool that, um, other people would find really interesting that you would just find all around. Yeah. You. Like that's such a cool idea. We, we see like celebrities, we see like different people in the public eye every day. But we have so many people that make our hometowns and communities run, and that's the mm-hmm. lifeblood of everything else. Yeah, so, dude. like, he loved that idea, and it's just taken off since then. I've yeah. absolutely loved doing this. <laughs> well, dude, like, straight up, like, I was like, when you asked me to come on, I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? I'm not an interesting <laughs> human being. But that's just obviously I have yeah. horrible imposter syndrome. That's, so. what, that's what I'm here for, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm waiting for these, you're going to fire some shit at me, and I'm going to be like, oh, I guess I actually do do some cool things occasionally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. during the year, you're a theater artist like me, mm-hmm. you get shut down like everybody else. Yeah. What, uh, first reactions w- that you had and then how did you end up coping through the rest of this year? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Okay. Shit. Um, yeah. So, uh, shit's shut down on actually Karen's birthday. <sighs> so it was like literally St. Patrick's day was probably the last time that we got to like be with family for a while Mm -hmm. um the outsiders we show up one morning they're just like yeah we're not gonna continue and we're like oh okay cool Mm -hmm. so i mean i'll be completely honest with you i don't really i think i blocked a lot of the first couple months out because i was like 
I had a wicked depression when I was living in Florida for a while. I worked for Disney World. <laughs> And basically, like, while I was there, I was, like, glued to the couch. Like, I had never been so depressed in my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of started experiencing some of that shit again. And then I also, like, ended up losing my job. Ugh. And, like, I had to go on unemployment and, like, couldn't see my family, et cetera, et cetera. Like, kind of like the usual shit. Mm-hmm. And so I honestly, like, from March until, like, August, I just kind of have a blur. Like, I genuinely don't remember anything. Yeah, I'm kind of um, the same way, honestly. Yeah, because I don't even remember, like... <laughs> And it's going to sound weird, but, like, I don't remember, like, having emotions. I don't remember having thoughts. It's just, like, suddenly I blacked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the coping stuff, I didn't really <sighs> – here's something. Mm-hmm. So I had been feeling this way for a while, um, and I never really knew exactly how to express it. But basically, like, acting wasn't making me happy. Mm. And I would like end up getting these great roles, um, and I'm still like super grateful for all the experiences and stuff. But like, I noticed when I would get them, I would just be more anxious and more uh, basically like I was so aware like in the moment. I never like got into this like state where it was just like a flow for me. It never mm. felt natural. I just felt like I was constantly like judging myself, and I felt like other people were judging me a lot. Sure, but that wasn't even like a thing. So I was kind of in this weird standstill like before the pandemic where basically I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I was kind of having like an identity crisis because I'm like, I've been acting for so long. Yeah. Um, And I just started getting a lot of momentum with my lighting designing. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I've been joking around and obviously like Chris Kelly um, was the first to hear this joke. But I now say that I am officially retired from acting. <laughs> I'm uh, no longer like going to be uh, taking on any roles. Um, I'm just going to like focus way more on my tech and like stuff that actually makes me feel like I have some fulfillment. Sure. Yeah, and it's like weird because like it's acting. You don't really hear like, oh, it's like I don't know if I want to be an actor anymore. No, I think you know? that's. But in a sense, I think that's so fair and. It's funny because you're not the first person I've heard say that either. Really? I feel like there have been a lot of people who have come out of this and they've had almost this sense of like realization where they realize that they're putting a lot of time into something mm-hmm. that maybe they're focusing a little too much on or accepting yeah. too much on. I I personally I discovered I was accepting way too much. Oh yeah, you and did. putting way too much on my plate and like my caseload and things yeah. like that. And now I don't know if I'll go back because I I saw friends that were like, we haven't seen you in years. Like, where where, <laughs> where, where have you been? You been? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, and I also understand wanting to do lighting design mm-hmm. instead of that because that's something that's very self-focused and self-contained. Yep. And you can play with whatever you want and do whatever yeah, you want. That's that's it, man. Because it's there. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. And I just feel like the tech side is also lacking right now. I feel like more people want to be actors and less people want to be tech. And you need tech. <laughs> you need tech yeah. like so much. Yeah, and that actually is part of the thing that you were uh, tapping in on there a little bit. Is that like with lighting design, there's no basis for it. Like I come in, I have a blank slate. Sure, and swap the lights out. I create all the looks myself. There's no script to it. It's it's all my own. And it's something that I feel like is actually my baby. Right. Like a lot of people get that feeling with like, Oh, well, when I played this role, it was like my magnum opus and shit. Sure. And I've played a lot of roles and I've never got that kind of fulfillment out of it. Mm. Um, but like I, I just ended up getting my first legit, uh, lighting gig over at, um, Irish in December. Good for you. And like, that was my first time where I was like, I'm in a professional theater 
and I have a whole clean slate. Everyone trusts me, and I can just come in for like X amount of hours, do my thing, peace out, and then I get to share that with like the director and the team. And I'm like, okay, so this is my vision. This is my expla- explanation of it. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And yeah. so I was actually working again with Chris Kelly, mm-hmm. the man, the myth, the legend. Was um, this for um, Christmas yep. at... Child's Christmas in Wales. Yes, Child's Christmas yeah. in Wales. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and it was kind of awesome because, like, he... Obviously, we had to, like, switch some things around just for, like, looks and stuff. But, like, all of, like, my, my concepts, like, mm-hmm. stuck. And they liked it. And it was, like, cool to, like, finally have something that was completely, like, my own be validated like that. Sure. And then I ended up getting hired on for two more shows after that, which obviously now are no longer happening. I mean, yeah, but but, but it's, it was, it's coming back. Yeah, like, yeah. You'll be back doing it in no time. That's the hope. Matt, right now I'm that's, doing a bunch of, like, school I, I think that's I think that's so perfect for you. Thanks, man. I, I think that's that. perfect. And I think, you know, being on stage with you, you're an excellent actor. Thank you. But we had this whole conversation when Lissette was on um, Julie co-hosted, and mm-hmm. we were – we were, had this whole conversation about being perceived and like the perception mm-hmm. of being a, your of yourself on stage. Yeah, and that's a hard thing for people to get over. Yeah, I started dude. acting really young, like yeah, man. really, really young, mm-hmm. and from for a while, like just because I took all the shit I needed to take at like a young age, I kind of feel like I just got numb to it. Yeah, dude. And I was like, anything we can do at this point like i'll just do it like i i i yeah. was just ready to just go and just be what i, I just feel natural when that's there but that's such yeah. a hard thing to get it's into really hard. yeah especially through like you you touched on college for a second but mm-hmm. when you're in college it almost seems i don't want to use the word cutthroat but i but i will yeah. use it for right now because i don't have a better word for mm-hmm. it but when you're competing for roles against, like, your peers and people you're trying to be friends with in school and stuff, it's hard not to have, like, ego or take certain egos or oh, things yeah. out of it because departments put so much weight on that, too, oh, I feel. Oh, yeah, dude. And I had a really, like, comparatively, like, when it comes to, like, theater schools and, like, that kind of stuff, I had an excellent college career. Like, I had a bunch of leads. I was I was cast every single semester. Like, i not going to lie. My ego is, like, I felt like hot shit, like, sure. all the time. Sure, Um And even after that, like, when I went on to Florida, I auditioned for um, Disney's theater company stage. Mm-hmm. And I got the lead in Drowsy Chaperone. I was uh, Robert Martin. Oh, wow. And, again, I was kind of treated like I was hot shit, and I felt like hot shit. So I kind of, like... <laughs> I had this like weird thing built up in my brain of how like everything worked. I'm not saying that like this is and like similarly when I came into Buffalo, I got like cast in significant other, like lead role out of like me mm-hmm. having no basis here whatsoever. Yeah. And then I started getting cast all the time. Yeah. And it was just like again, I like this time I didn't really feel like hot shit because I think I like, you know, fell into a depression. Right. But right. It's still like this, uh I had to like in my brain I had to think about it's like, okay, so is it because you no longer like is your ego like shattering a bit? Is it because of the money? Is it like what is? Why don't you love doing this anymore? Like, yeah. Why don't you like doing the thing you've been doing for years and getting a lot of praise for? Why is the praise no longer like affecting you? Yeah. And I never really got an answer besides just it's just not working. I don't think you need one other than that. No. I, and sometimes I, I, you really just fucking don't. Yeah. Exactly. That's your decision. Yeah. And I think that's. I think it's smart to recognize when you know. Mm-hmm. Why push yourself towards something you don't have the motivation for? Exactly. Anymore? Exactly. I just, um, you know how much I love MMA and UFC. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so there's this, uh, 
lightweight uh, contender named Paul Fel- uh, Felder. Oh, my God. I can't talk today. Um, Paul Felder is his name. He was, um, as of Saturday, he was number nine in the world, I believe, mm-hmm. at lightweight in the UFC. Had some great fights. Uh, knocked out this guy, Danny Castillo, with this crazy spinning elbow um, one time. It was such a thing of beauty. Had some wars with He was one of those dudes that just went to war with whoever he fought Holy and like, always went in with it. Um, but so he, he felt like the other guy's going to die. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he lost two in a row, and they were two like top contenders, mm-hmm. like potential big ones. And he just talked about... Uh, on because he does commentary too, and he's a theater major. So I was always okay. in his corner, like big time, because he's a theater major. And like, this is my boy. We got, we got to stick together through 100%. this, right? Because yeah. it's only us in this. Yeah. Um, so he, <laughs> they brought him on, and he was like, he was like, it's a decision I've been ready to make for a while. Honestly, he's like, but like, ever since I lost this one fight, I just haven't had the motivation to go back out there mm-hmm. and like. And really do it, and like I, I'll be in the gym. He's like, he's like, I bike, I swim, I run. I love being with my family, and he's yep. like, and I, I don't think it's fair to hold up my place in the division anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's time to retire. I don't think I'm ever going to be champ or whatever. And like, holy shit, that's just it. So, so like he left, but he was like, he just said flat out, he was like, I'm, I'm not in this, and I know that. And Very it's much so on his own terms, important dude. to recognize. Mm-hmm. So important to recognize, and yeah. it's like. You know, you're not cage fighting, but like that's a <laughs> big yet. portion of your life that you're making a decision to just be like, I'm stepping Peace. away from this, and yeah, yeah, dude, totally. Um, yeah, so that's like kind of like I mean, I guess my biggest news, and that's something that like I had to come to terms with over the summer, like, sure, during COVID when I had like nothing else to fucking do. Mm-hmm. Um, we Karen and I would take a bunch of walks, and we basically be like. I would start thinking about my future because I'm like, I don't even know if I like want to go back to end trip, which is where I was working before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause it just like, wasn't, it wasn't financially supporting me. Mm. Um, but it was lighting design yeah. and like, that was the only thing I was doing there and it was incredible. Mm. But I was like, what is like my actual dream? Have I forgotten what the fuck a dream was because I've been so busy for so long? Sure. Like I literally like if I didn't, if COVID hadn't happened, I would have been busy straight through until this October. Me too. I'm confident. Yeah. In that. 100%. Yeah. I had shit booked until like next October. Jesus. So it's like, well, with that being said, I got a lot of time to really reflect on what the fuck is important to me, mm-hmm. who's important to me, who I actually enjoy talking to. Um, yeah, and like 100%. what a dream actually is. Sorry, I burped midway through that. This no, whiskey is really good. Yeah, dude, you need any more? Uh, not yet. Not All right, yet. Word. I haven't had uh, too much of it yet. Word. But... I'm just nervously sipping over here, so don't mind me. No, you're fine. You're um, doing great, dude. But yeah, no. So getting in touch with like what like who I am as a person, who my values are, all that kind of shit. Like kind of just having a moment to like reexamine what the fuck I am, what I'm doing, and all that kind of stuff. By the way, I apologize if they fuck a lot. I do too. Um, You're fine. All right, cool. Uh, Yeah, so I guess, like, another thing I wanted to bring up and ask you is, like, did you have, like, a moment like that? Like, where you were just, like, re-entuned with, like, oh, yeah, I actually have dreams beyond, like, the next, like, two years of my life. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. um, It was hard for me because uh, pandemic happens and everything shuts down. Mm Mm-hmm. I hadn't had any acting planned to do within the next year, but knowing me, I probably would have said yes to something. Oh, right? yeah. We all do. We all just put that workload on, myself, mm-hmm. on ourselves, mm-hmm. me in particular. Um, you? 
No, never. Um, but then I was working. Uh, I was working for my uncle, and just the way the job worked, um, I wasn't necessarily under government employment. So, like, mm-hmm. there weren't necessarily, like, taxes taken out of my stuff, if, mm-hmm. that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but because everything shut down, there was no work that came in. So all of a sudden, I can't file for unemployment oh, no. because, like, technically, I've been unemployed for a while. Yeah. And the money that I've been saving to, like, start wedding things and, like, doing mm-hmm. stuff like that slowly like starts like trickles away tri- it starts like trickling goes from like five thousand four thousand like uh you know you know all that good i know stuff. yep um and it became this groundhog day of me waking up and playing Warzone every day for like like there were some days i didn't even yes. mean to but i'd wake up at yes. eleven thirty. i'd get on at like 12 12 30 i'd jam with people i knew when they were on and then like i'd look at the clock and it'd be like 12 30 at night and i'd be and like, like oh, oh. There's another Where war did my whole day. day go? But here's the thing, though. That's not bad because, like, that's – I have to say it's, like, that's a coping thing. It's not uh, It's not bad at all, but I left um, – I'll be totally honest. I kind of left yeah. this past season, this past theater season. I felt like I left with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Okay. Um, I won't necessarily go into why to. or certain details with it, Mm-mm. but I just felt very – We'll we'll go back to perceiving um, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. that's I think that's a very important word to theater. I feel like I'm being perceived a certain way by certain people, yeah. and that kind of kills any opportunities I have just based on what certain things people think or mm-hmm. like who will give me the time of day and who won't. Yeah, and yep. um, I, I kind of I I don't know. It, it was it was interesting to learn this year what I wanted and what I didn't because I started teaching theater more than I ever have. And when I taught theater, I learned to love it again. Mm-hmm. And I learned the basics again. And I learned, like, I have these four kids – or three kids, I'm sorry, who I love. I include the fourth because I'm uh, Facebook friends with their mom now and I see their updates every day. Yeah, but these three kids who I absolutely love who ever since they met me, they want nothing but to take classes with me. So it's yep. it's those things that I'm like, okay, if I'm boosting up other people and doing that, that will be my new motivation. I don't have mm-hmm. to impress anybody. Like, I love that. What I don't care what – anybody thinks when it comes to that i'm just gonna do my own thing now and mm-hmm. if you like me great if not i don't have Peace. to impress you anymore. no no i was so worried about impressing certain people before yeah. and now i'm just not because i know who's gonna be there for me i know yep. who's Who gonna be calling matters. me again chris yeah. kelly i will give my undying respect and work for every mm-hmm. time he calls me yeah because he's every shown me respect because he's shown me respect and mm-hmm. he has given me chances in positions where a lot of people wouldn't have necessarily given me those chances yep i'm not i probably shouldn't touch on this anymore so i'm gonna like yeah just put a little pause in that <laughs> just just pause um, in like that but yeah but let's also put a little book note i mean a uh, bookmark in that yeah um, yeah yeah so what was i gonna say to you about that oh crap i just got derailed <laughs> no you're good we were talking about chris we were talking about talking different about, opportunities um, he's yeah us. yes okay so um something you said about like how there's such a, like a culture about like a uh, having to impress people and being sick of having to fucking impress people all the yeah. time 
I hated the person that I was almost like forced to be in social yeah, situations because yeah. I felt like I had to fucking impress people all the time. I'm like, I'm a in when I'm hanging out with friends and shit, this is way more my vibe. Like mm-hmm. I am like a low talking kind of just like shoot shit, break your fucking balls. Let's like talk about real things. Yeah. I hate small talk more than anything in the fucking world. Mm-hmm. Like recently I was at a wedding um, and it was a fucking killer wedding, but I ran into a couple of my old professors and like, I did not share a single word that was not like, oh, well, how's it going? Nice mm-hmm. to see ya. How's the school going? Yeah. And at one point, we drank a lot more, and I ran into one of my teachers again, and I was basically like, so, I don't know, I'm fucking sick of the small talk shit. Like, I was just like straight up with her, and I'm like, so what's actually going on? How the fuck are you? And then we actually had an incredible conversation. That's amazing. Because you like got to break that little mold down. Yeah. I was just, oh, God. I, I was don't lucky miss enough that. to have like a professor or two from college that I was very close with during college and had real conversations with during yeah. that period. Mm-hmm. And it made going there so much easier because yeah. I knew I could rely on people. Because they felt like a person. Yeah. Because everyone's actually a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know Jen Tui at all? I do not know. Jen Tui was one of my first professors at Buff State, and I talk about her on here all the time, but mm-hmm. she's like, I, I couldn't ask for a more incredible person to be friends with and just like yeah she's been very real with me a lot of things mm-hmm. and like has influenced my life that's who me and Julie got Hody from like she cool. she fostered Hody the first time we Gorgeous. had and like um, her and then my uh, professor uh, Drew Khan and then Eve Everett if you know Eve I do not um, Eve, Eve is awesome too she's an actress in the community and she's great just, she's awesome she's great, really, really cool. But, like, I, I know what you mean is it's so nice not having to, like, put on airs anymore. Oh, my God. That. Were you – what kind of college student were you as far as theater goes? Were you the type that, like, tried like tried your best and, like, stayed up doing the assignments or were you, like, the slacker type? So, um, <laughs> I <laughs> – I don't know if I look too fun. Like I always like I'm always harder on myself than I really should be about the kind of person I was in college. Mm-hmm. I was an incredibly hard worker. Like I ended up with like a three point seven Beautiful. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like I was also a minor in law because mm-hmm. that's something oh, I shit. really fucking enjoy. Yeah. Law slash poli sci and in design tech. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I was very studious and I was the guy that was like. I'm going to party really fucking hard and I'm going to be like with my friends until they go to bed. And then from like when they go to bed till 3 a.m. I'm in the library Mm. or I'm pulling all nighters to finish off like law papers. Yeah. So that was the kind of shit that was like going on in the back of my brain. But I was also like I was a fucking party animal. (laughs) I was like off the fucking walls with the kind of human I was like I was (laughs) I fucked up a lot. I got really fucked up. And I, uh, I'm gonna try to not go into any more details yeah, on some of those things. I, but I think um, we all have those experiences. Like, I was not, I was not a shitty dude. I will say I was not a shitty dude, but I was like definitely a mess. Let's let's say it like that. I've been kind of shitty at points. Well, so yeah. like I understand it. Like it, it, I think we're all naturally really shitty sometimes. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like you know, you're trying to find yourself. You're trying to date around and all that kind of shit. Yeah. And, like, I hearts get broken. People yeah. get hurt. And like, and like, dude, I was in a really fucked up relationship. My um, God, what was I? A sophomore. Like, a really fucked up, like, very possessive and very abusive relationship. Mm. And, like, I was basically, like, locked away. I always say, like, I was just, like, locked away in her room for a year. So I missed out an entire year of college because I was, like, 
literally like under the foot of this other human being and she yeah she really fucked me up and so like after that relationship i had a huge like identity crisis because honestly she had like gotten so into my brain to where i'd forgotten what the fuck i was into Mm. i didn't play video games for a fucking year i started dressing yeah dude i started dressing like a fucking like preppy little like douche hole like I literally like I even changed my music taste. I oh am into my fucking God. I'm into like sad boy shit and metalcore. Like I don't fucking. Matt, why would to... you do that? Because I thought I, I loved her. Yeah, never mind. And that's what happened. I answered my and own like, question as yeah, soon as I. Yeah. I was a puppy. I get it. Like my freshman year, I totally like dicked around a lot, and then sophomore year, I just like kind of latched onto this girl, and well, not really latched on, but like I was just like, this is I want to fucking like be with her, and mm-hmm. I want to like. It was also, like, a huge lust factor there for a while. But, like, then we were together, and then once you're together for a while, it's like, you want to try to make things work and mm-hmm. shit. And then you don't realize that they're not trying to make anything work. They're making you work for it. Yeah. They're making you change all the shit about you so that they you fit their mold of a human they want to be with. Yes. And that's fucked up. It's real fucked up. I've been so, in that yeah. situation. I've been in yeah, that a dude. bunch of times. I, I, I like... People see Julie now, but they don't realize what I had to deal with in certain relationships before Julie. Yeah, like, same thing I Karen. had to go through hell. Uh, hell. Absolute <laughs> hell. <laughs> I know. The, the last girl I was with before Julie, mm-hmm. I don't even know why I dated her. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was one of those things where I was like, I think this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. And we communicated through text for a while. And then I got back and I like started seeing her in person. And you were like, like oh. before I realized, I was like, "This is a huge this mistake." We dated for like a month. This girl was like, she's one of those people that wouldn't go to classes. She like fucking oh, diet of like no. beer and cheese. I'm oh, not even God. kidding. Like beer and cheese. It was it was, it was really it was <laughs> so bad. She was dude. a great influence. Yeah, and tell. It was, yeah, very and good like, time. Fun Julie, parties. Julie always tells me uh, that she was she would always look at us and be like, "What the." fuck why is he with her like uh, it's exactly oh dude literally i after i got out of that relationship which it took me a while like we had to um i went to uh london at the end of my uh sophomore year for like a um what the fuck is it called like uh, uh study abroad study abroad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and <laughs> she fucking followed me there she ended oh, up like weaseling her way no. into being a ta quote unquote oh, with one of the fucking uh, professors over there who no. um yeah, she was honestly the professor is like she's she was lovely and we stayed with her for a little while. But um yeah, she like came over with me but she didn't stay with me the whole time. And so there were several nights where like I was going out with a couple of my friends and I'm like, "Wow, I really enjoy this kind of lifestyle." Every single I was an alcoholic for like 2 months straight. Sure. I was drunk from probably 2 p.m. until 5 a.m. like every <laughs> single day I was there. And it was incredible and I loved every moment of it. However, um, after I came back, I realized then, you know, the relationship was not going to work out for me and that mm-hmm. kind of shit. Yeah. Ended up breaking up with her. Um, I won't get too much into that whole shit. Sure. But basically like after we were done dating, I started hanging out with my class again and hanging out with like the friends I had made at the beginning of college and hadn't talked to for a fucking year. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand all the fucked up shit was, she was also like doing behind your back. Like the shit she would say to us to basically be like, you were her territory. Like it was really screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like even like Karen one night, um, her and my like one of my best friends kathleen they were we were all at a party it was a huge college party um i was there with ashley 
Ashley. Oh shit! <laughs> I said her name. It's all good. It doesn't fucking matter. She's not going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> she has a fucking kid now. Yeah, she, um, she's she's got better things to do. Exactly. And if she doesn't, I, well, dude, you did this to me. Like I don't know what the fuck to tell you. Right. You know it's real I mean? life. Yeah. It's real life. This I'm a is real what's fucking going human. On. Continue. Yeah. Please. And so, <laughs> either way, um, while we were at this party, like I got like sent away for like probably more booze or something like that. And so she was talking to my friend Kath and Karen, and basically being like. Um, so at our wedding and like going into like our wedding details and shit like that. And Karen and Kath were like, well, you guys are, have you guys been together hell. for like four months? And that was like before all the really fucked up shit happened. She was already like planning like our life ahead and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, if I had not gotten out of this like trance that I was in, I would have a, a baby be living in Watertown, fucking New York and have a farm and be a lawyer. What the fuck? Fuck! Honestly, Watertown is the worst part of that whole thing. I Watertown, feel like. New York. There's nothing there. <laughs> I went to dude. There's a single restaurant, I think, maybe, and there's a bunch of cows, <laughs> and there is a. I think there's like one cider mill. That's how Alfred is. Have you ever ever been out? To I Alfred? have been to Alfred. Holy there's shit! Not a fucking thing not there, a dude. fucking thing there. Not a fucking thing. Not a damn thing. We'll have to go hike at my cabin sometime. I would too, love to. There's nothing out there. But, but um, there's a cabin. There's a cabin. And isn't it a great thing to do for a weekend? Yes, it is. Could you imagine fucking living there? Oh, my God. No. Never. You would never fucking do it. Never. But I would, you know what? If I ever were to write, like, a TV show or something like that, mm-hmm. if, they, if, like, the main character, if the protagonist ever had to, like, go off somewhere and be yep. somewhere by himself, it'd be a cabin like that. Like, yeah. That's, the, that's, like, if I needed yep. to be secluded, i off the grid, burn all my I... shit scrub my identity go up to cabins live there i would fucking kill for that yeah that is like part of one of my dreams i want to have like a house by the beach eventually and a house in the fucking woods where no one will ever fucking find me Mm -hmm. i don't want a damn thing near me um (laughs) that's fair dude yeah no it's just that's a that's a that's a uh one of my like hermit tendencies though i just like to like i i thrive in my own little box Mm -hmm. and doing my own little thing yeah Um, that's how i feel too yeah, and sometimes you fucking need it. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, dude, Watertown. The only thing it has is Vigo Mortensen, and that's <laughs> it. That is literally the only fucking thing that is like their na- their uh, claim to fame. Yo, that is they have the, the Lord of the Rings guy. They have yeah, <laughs> they have Lord of the Rings. I know. Well, you're um yeah two degrees separated from or no three now from John yep. Reese Davies. Yes, well, I am. no two because of Leah because I wasn't in a, in a scene with him. Oh, but Leah is. Um, but Leah is. Ooh. Yeah, so you know Leah, so now yep. you're two degrees <laughs> two from degrees away. So for people listening, this is actually a great movie, so please check it out oh, um, yeah. if you get the chance. Plug. There's a movie called Bad Cupid. It's available for stream on Amazon and other services, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it stars John Rhys-Davies. Um, it, star- it stars Shane Navu, who I got to do a scene with, um, and a lot of people from Buffalo locally. Um, and it's a really, really fun movie to be able to mm-hmm. watch. Um, our friend Leo was in it. Uh, I was in it with a couple of people I knew from the theater community. Great movie. John Reese davies plays Cupid in it and just goes totally yeah. off the rails. But you're also <laughs> two degrees separated now from... Uh, oh, shoot. What Kevin am I thinking Bacon. of? No, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi! Because Shane Navu, who I did the scene with, yeah. was in two episodes of Boardwalk Empire. Incredible. Isn't that sick? Dude, I love Steve Buscemi. He's so good. He's fucking icon. He's so good. But yeah. because of John Reese davies we're also two degrees away from Harrison Ford. So that means we're three de- degrees from away from King. Mark Hamill. Which is beautiful. Isn't is that a beautiful thing to think yeah. about? He's in here. Somewhere along this wall. So Matt, what Matt's of, uh... pointing at right now is there's Funko Pops 
lining the wall and old Burger King Pokemon uh, (laughs) toys that you got in it with like it's the nerd paradise in here beautiful in here man yeah Um, but yeah just to like put a little bow on that um, (laughs) yeah she apparently met Viggo Mortensen like a couple times because he was a member of her church and shit (laughs) and I was like cool awesome great Jesus Christ (laughs) I'm glad that that's where you want to live forever (laughs) I don't know (sighs) do you like I almost feel not in this sense, mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. almost feel bad for people who have lived in their own hometown their entire life. I do too. Because have, you need to go out and see shit. I have zero desire. You like need I, to go out and see shit. You need to live. You need to like yes. meet other people. Cause like, I'm already like, I think I've met almost my cap of people I can meet here. <laughs> you know what Probably. I mean? In these, in these circles. Yeah. Like I know my people from work. I know people from the theater community and I don't have much of a desire to learn anything else about the business <laughs> folks. So yeah. 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 So, um, <laughs> well, that's another thing I like can get into a little bit. Like Karen and I want to leave. Like we, we've loved our time here and shit, but this has never been an end game for us. <laughs> Like ever? No, don't don't start crying on me. Um, it would be hopefully within the next uh, year and a half or so. Good for you. Yeah, we're um, I'm looking at um, some lighting masters programs, um, and basically what I want to do is I want to either be a concert lighting designer. Mm-hmm. So I want to fucking I want to create those lights for those bands. So where's it's fucking dope? Where's the best location for that? LA probably beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been looking at uh, extensively at um, Cal Arts in particular. Gives me a reason to go out to LA. It's fucking great, dude. Yeah. I love that place. I went there um, <laughs> about two years ago um, to visit one of my best friends who lives out there, and he's first of all like the the posse he fell into is like literally like my high school like dream group. <laughs> it's like all these like fucking emo ass goth ass human beings. And they just, like, get together and do, like, wild-ass, like, sin parties and shit. They, like, go to all these, like, wild bars. They're in all these bands. They know all these bands. Mm-hmm. Like, he he dated a guy who I can't really give the name away of um, who is, like, he's a uh, marketing human for Marvel Entertainment. Oh. But he also used to be the marketing human for Fearless Records. So he Gorgeous. got to meet. Um, he got to meet fucking Pierce the Veil. He oh. got to meet um, Kesha's <sighs> band, who's his favorite band ever. He got custom videos made for me from Ash Costello from a New Year's Day. Oh, that's so cool! I like while he was living that life. I was just like, I don't know why the fuck I'm doing what I'm doing. Why the fuck am I not out there doing these things? Why am I not meeting these human beings? Like this is what I want. <laughs> Listen, but your step six. Mm-hmm. Is some person step two? Hundred percent. And someone step twelve is someone else's step twenty. Hundred percent. You're always behind someone. Like every time I try to get an ego, I'm like, I'm not fucking Jeff Bezos. No. Like I can't just run the world if I want to. No. Like I'm not that person. I don't know who the fuck he compares himself to. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably like Jesus or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> because like there's not much what above can like stop what him? how right right there's nothing, nothing that can stop him at this point unless like something that I don't know if I can say out loud comes out against him. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's fucking on top of the world for forever, but he's also probably yeah. paid everyone off already. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and this all is these a joke. This is a parody. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Don't get me. This is a, li- this is hilarious. We're ha, just, ha, uh, ha 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 ha. We love billionaires. Um, <laughs> but my point with that is yeah, yeah, yeah. you are following your own timeline, and your own story. Yeah. 
and you're going to live an incredible life, and I know that. You're a fucking like blessed Stop. dude. You Listen, fucking guru. Human. You're go- you are going to dude. like there are there are people that there's this dude that walks up and down the street over here on Oliver Street, Crackhead Central, the entire fucking world. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this dude that walks up and down there bragging to people about how he's been narcaned over two hundred times. He's now probably in jail. <laughs> but like He's. You should have seen. Like he used to rent from somebody I knew, and his apartment was shit. It was oh like God, yeah. like garbage on the floor. You couldn't even Stains like. You could on the smell wall, it from the out. You could shit. smell it oh, from the Jesus outside, Christ, Matt. You could dude. smell it from the outside. And so you look at that, and you're like, I'm not living like that. Mm-mm. I'm not doing things like that. No. You, you think of people who are like, there's slavery still going on in other places. You're not fucking. We wrong. hit the genetic jackpot being born in America. As much yes. shit as we give it. This is the best country to be in oh, right now. Dog, I remember I was in just I'm not tapping on politics, I promise. Um, however, when I was in high school, I was in AP government and they asked like they were talking about political parties in general. Sure. Um, just like across the whole globe. And that was like the first time because like I grew up a little fucking white boy. Like, sure. I I fucking admit it. I was sheltered. I was um I was a Catholic boy. <laughs> like it's just like that's all like in me. But my parents are really great at like exposing me to other things. I don't want to like badmouth them. They're not, they're fantastic. I no, them. of course, of course. But in school, like we finally like went over like how other countries are with their politics and like how literally if you have a different political affiliation, they'll just fucking shoot you in the street in some fucking places. Yeah. Oh my fucking god, they will massacre you. Like we don't live in that. I know like, that is. That is a fucking blessing. Like, I, I can't believe, like, that I was lucky enough in the... There are still places in the world where women can't drive. No. There's p- places where they can't take off a fucking hood. I know. Sorry, hijab. Um, or but, like, but yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just, like, I, I, I don't get it because some people are, like, I, I want to leave. I want to leave. I'm, like, where are you going to go? <laughs> are you going to go to Canada? Where are you going to go? The only place that I have proven is better than the United States is Denmark. Period. Yes. Although I would move to Rwanda in a heartbeat if I could. For real. I would move there in an in absolute second. And this isn't more. People, this isn't me being political in any sense or things like that. I'm just trying in uh, in the most basic sense to just be like, be grateful for what you have, please. Because so many people, there are people that would kill for what you have. Mm-hmm. Kill for it. Yeah. And there's like, there's part of it that's like, yeah, be grateful. Um, Check your privilege, and uh, some of the things that are ailing you are not as bad as you actually think. Hundred percent. Smiley face. Smiley face. <laughs> um, Can't you feel it through the mic? So I know we've got limited yeah. time here. So I want to make sure we oh, maximize yeah, yeah. We still like, got certain things. We still got time, but yeah. I want to make sure that we get to certain yeah, things that I definitely stuff. want to touch on. Hit me. So you and Karen have been together yeah. six years. Yeah, six years coming up on July eighth. July eighth. Yeah. Oh, that's the day before Julie's birthday. Oh, for real? That's really cute. No way. Um, so you're, that's so funny. You're only like probably about eight months ahead of where me and Julie oh, are. Oh, for real? Relationship wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was, because you, we were just talking about old stories with her, especially when you were oh, with man. like another spouse too. Yeah. <laughs> but when did, and like, you don't have to get into tons of details. Oh, with no, this I will. Or not, but. There's always that moment where you're just like, shit, I like this person, right? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. did that – what was that transition? You guys were obviously friends before mm. you were together, right? Yeah. We – Um. so it's weird because, like, she actually was dating my roommate for the first two years of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I remember explicitly on uh, the first, like, day that we met, it was um, 
freshman auditions where basically like you know people would come in sure. and like audition for the program and all that kind of shit um and i was like oh who the fuck's this hot chick and then, like i started talking to her for a while and then she's like oh yeah and uh here's my boyfriend alexander and i was like cool great got it's it like Ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so straight up like at that moment i was immediately like okay cool off off the uh books i will be like chill with them we'll be friends all that kind of good shit good so yeah we didn't we weren't like super close freshman year or like sophomore year we had like started like talking here and there um especially after her her boyfriend dumped her um Jesus. and it was just like really fucked up and i'm like obviously like i was in that horrible relationship so i didn't have a lot of time to like really chat with her sure but we had like talked a couple times um and then somehow we got we like connected over the summer when I got back and like we spent this day at like Darien Lake together with our friend uh for th- uh with a friend of ours because mm-hmm. um, I realized I probably shouldn't say it out loud. You're good. Um, but either way, <laughs> there's a lot of things that, like I'm saying. I'm like I don't know who the fuck's going to. You're up this. fine, dude. Don't worry. Yeah, about it. yeah. Um, and we uh, she spent the night at my house with this other friend, and I was like, okay. I think I might be into this check, but I was still with um, my uh, my horrible ex at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't do anything. <laughs> and then junior year rolled around, and I had had it, like, up to my fucking neck with my ex, and I was like, I need to fucking end this. Um, and basically, as soon as I ended it, I, like, confided in Karen. Um, and Karen and I had already been kind of, like, talking a little bit we've been talking and i was definitely like i'm really fucking interested in this chick but i'm still like kind of weighed down by my horrible ex but like the thing is i don't ever want to like justify like cheating or anything and i didn't actually cheat per Mm -hmm. se um but like i had already in my brain i was waiting to break up with her and like so i was kind of like basically like already like had written her off and i was like talking to karen like i didn't have anything in my fucking sure book and this isn't I'll jump in for a second to say, like, yeah. it's dicey in those situations. Yeah. I was being I don't, abused. Sure. I know? don't condone looking outside of your own relationships mm-hmm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, without, like, certain consents or anything like that, I don't condone that. Yeah, me too. However, I think your brain in that scenario knows that you're checked out. Yeah, and, and knows it was also, like, in fight won't... or flight. It was like, fucking get out, dude. Sure, sure. I didn't yeah. ask that cheated on me a day before we broke up. Yep. And it's I, I think that's just, like, that's a thing where it's just, like, you kind of know what's going down. <laughs> yeah, and these like are real fucking things that happen. Sure, sure. Like, this is like real, real life. life. This is yeah. real life. It's Nothing's black and white. And, like, no one really gave me shit about it, obviously, because, like, they knew the situation that I was in. Sure. Um, But, like, I already knew I was going to fucking break up with her. I was waiting to see her in person, and then she texted me something that I could not let stand, and then I called her, and then I ended it. Yeah. <laughs> and then she tried calling me back the next day and being like, we're not actually broken up. And then I was like, had to call her back and be like, no, we actually are. And that was the whole thing. Either way. Sick. Sick. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. So anyway, after that point, um, Karen and I both just come out of really long term relationships. Uh, both had their own like fuck ups along the way. Sure. And so we decided to just kind of fuck around for a year. <laughs> we like we're not we were not intending on being together at all. Like right. we're just like this is a casual thing. We both give each other what we want, and then we just like peace out at the end of the day. And there's no emotional attachment. Sure. While also slowly gaining emotional attachment. <laughs> So, like, very slowly over this year of, like, both school, like, we ended up, like, 
just hanging out all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like we were spending like nights at over at each other's places and like just chilling out. And we're like, this is actually kind of nice. I really mm. like this. And then we took a trip to New York together as just like basically FWBs. Oh, as friends or taking trips together. Yeah, okay. As friends. I swear to, okay. I swear to God. Well, we went to go yeah. visit a friend of ours and he was really great. And like we. Uh, you just know, you should have come on. The red flags are flying at, at that this point, point Matthew. At that point, we were just fucking naive. But also, we didn't want to like rush into anything because <laughs> we had just been out of these horrible fucking relationships. So we're like, shut the fuck up. I get it. Um, I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So like, we went on this New York trip together, and that's when I knew I'm like, oh god, this woman's fucking gorgeous, and like, this is incredibly fun. We've now traveled together, mm-hmm. and we're having an amazing time. Everything's great. I don't know. I like whatever. I don't want to like freak her out, so I'm just gonna kind of like keep my shit to myself. Sure. So, uh, literally from October until July, we are not dating. So when July rolled around, um, right before she left for her London trip, I was like, "I'm fucking in love with you," <sighs> and I just need you to know that <laughs> before you leave. And she's like, "I hate you." I uh, know. <laughs> Uh, that wouldn't be shocking no yeah. i'm just kidding karen's such a sweetheart karen's fucking incredible oh my god yeah and like so and she loved me too but then like we decided like okay cool um this is great information you go to do your london thing you come back we'll try we'll talk <laughs> and so then we started officially dating on july 8th and we've been together ever since that's so cute it's great you so, want to know yeah. how weirdly aligned you and i are i would love to so julie and i uh when we first started dating Oh, she's going to hate me for telling this on the podcast, but I'm just going to say it. it. Um, So at first she played it very cool. And she was very much like, uh, we went on a date in like February of the year we got together. Mm -hmm. Then we talked for a little bit and then we didn't talk for like three months. Then we went on another date in July. We talked after that a little bit Mm -hmm. and then didn't talk for a couple months. I dated that weird girl that I shouldn't have been with. Blah, blah, blah. Word. Um, and then we did a show. We did a funny thing happen on the way to the forum together, and uh, we were just around each other all the time. And mm-hmm. like that's when it really—that's when we like started spending every day around each other and all these things. Yep. But she had played it so like I'm a bad bitch. I don't need no man. I don't need this. I don't oh, need yeah. that. Like all this like like nose in the air, couldn't care less or whatever. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we started officially dating in November. Um, November 22nd is the anniversary of when we officially started dating. Fuck yeah. Um, a month after that, I left for Rwanda for the first time. So for Christmas that year, I gave her, I was gone for 19 days. So I gave her 19 handwritten letters, each of them with a different date on it for her, her to, to open, open each day. Yeah, you did. What, that I was yeah, gone. Yeah, you did. But we hadn't told each other we loved each other mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So the day before i left for rwanda we finally said it to each other incredible and we had been like and we were watching like gossip girl and shit like (laughs) the day before and they were literally having the same conversation on the episode and i could feel both of us just like tense up next to each other we were like uh i want to say it but i don't know but so we say that when i leave matt she cried Every day I was gone. Yes, she did. She didn't do shit. Mm-hmm. She just sat on her. She watched romantic movies. She sat on her couch. She cried. And she read a letter every day. And she just cried even harder. Incredible. And then I came back. And she still kind of wanted to be like, I'm playing it cool. Like, I'm, and I'm like, no, no. You're exposed like, I now. I found you out. <laughs> 
Oh, dude, that's amazing. So yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. were inseparable ever since, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. We um, we then, like, we fucking finished out college. We moved to Florida together, and we moved back here, and now we're in Buffalo. Isn't it um, really kind of – I want to find the word for it, but I'm going to use beautiful for right now. Isn't it kind of beautiful how when you get in a relationship where you know, like – this is it, and yeah. this is like what I want to be. That the growth just kind of comes naturally well, with that's it. That's I think how it should be because a lot of people yeah. are like, Love's so hard, and everything about love you need to put work into. But it. people force a lot of things, and I'm like, Well, like. maybe you should re examine your relationship. Yeah, because like, don't get me wrong, like, there's some parts that are like work. I don't want to call them like really work, quote unquote, but it's it's definitely like growth opportunities. Yeah, like, I mean, everyone has rocky patches, everyone has ups, downs, blah, 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 blah. But like, <laughs> As soon as you're saying that your whole relationship is just fucking work and is hard for you, you the loving part's easy as fuck, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. I've never once questioned that shit. So, what's going on in your neck of the woods? I know. But, I mean, I don't know. I'm also, like, a little cynical. Right. I don't humans. know what's going on with people I don't and, fucking and know, their dude. own lives. Like, that's no. that's their prerogative. But, like, it's... You know, it's hard. It's easier to talk about once you find something like that. Yeah. That you're like, but we're sitting here talking about like what we have now, and like yeah. 15 minutes ago, we were talking about the shit we had to deal with beforehand. Oh, 100 percent, like 100 percent, 100 percent. It's so bad. Um. Okay. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> That's my producer Matt. He will be back on the show one of these days. Hi, producer he's, Matt. He's so he's so so good with everything. This is a uh, you know I have a segue a little bit sure uh, from what we were just saying because we were talking about how like um you know sometimes Karen and I like we are in multiple social situations so I'm not going to single out any single one sure but like you know you're with certain couples and you're just like Jesus fucking Christ yeah what the fuck is going on yeah. right and so during the pandemic. We kind of had this glorious opportunity to, like, kind of fizzle out a couple humans and, like, really only, like, chat with people that like, we wanted to chat with. Well, like, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but, like, just I sometimes it. people take so much of you and, yeah. like, just require so much. Dude, friendships shouldn't be hard. <sighs> like, Dan no. Torres, you and me, for example, we don't text like a lot at all no no we like occasionally like send each other little things here and there mm -hmm. and then when we meet up like this it's fucking great yeah do we ever have to like discuss things never i you never get a text serious? from me that it's like hey no, man like i, I just don't feel like we're you. close anymore <laughs> is everything okay with us and i'm like <laughs> i don't fucking know one of my best friend in the whole fucking world <laughs> i text him like a meme every like couple weeks and then sure. we end up hanging out and it's like that's it that's it we don't fucking phone call each other. We don't text every fucking moment of every fucking day. I just, I hate texting. I don't do it. I literally, I think, wait, let me check how many unread messages I have currently. For sure. a while, I was at 160. Now I'm at 74. Oh my 74 God. unread text messages. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I don't like it. And like all the people that like I want to see, I will text you when I want to see you. And if people like want to like set things up with me, that's when I'll text about it. Yeah. But, like if you're getting into, like a long conversation, I'm like, this is this is a lot of my fucking time. Yeah, I know. I sent my best friend a text earlier about like yeah. how I was sad I didn't li live five minutes from his house anymore, and mm -hmm. he just ghosted me. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the oh most typical guy thing ever? <laughs> to just be like, oh, fuck you, pussy, or something like, it's like that. You fucking sentimental prick. Hilarious. How dare you want to hang out with me? Meanwhile, Julie's over 
like at our apartment yeah. talking about I miss carrot carrots are gone all the time <laughs> like saying things like that well we need to fucking hang out I know we all but do. that's the thing though is that these are friends that we wanted to keep <laughs> you also had so hold on yeah, yeah by the yeah. way let's backtrack about something else that happened this year you had some crazy shit happen uh, this year with your old apartment oh uh, yeah the house fire I know you probably blocked it out of your memory for right now but like <laughs> Holy fuck. Thank okay. God you went out for pizza at that fucking time. Dude, it is a crazy fucking story that I actually please don't know, go, I, know uh, all yeah, the details about. Keep, it keeps starting. I'm going to top myself off a little bit. Oh, yeah. Please, yeah, please, please, start please, it please. Start it off. Um, yeah. So uh, for the listeners, and I think Dan can still hear me. Yep. Um, <laughs> basically, we had a house fire. It was in February. It was really traumatic. Um, but we need to kind of backtrack a little bit in the story to when <laughs> we... Got new neighbors downstairs um, after living in this apartment for almost two years. And I'm gonna seal it up. I don't know. oh no, please, by all means, that that's Just great. I should probably uh, I should probably chill out on it honestly because I need to drive. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we got new neighbors after having fucking amazing neighbors for about like a year and a half, and then around the two year mark, we got new neighbors. Um, we were told it was just a. A mother and her child, mm-hmm. and they were moving in. They were really chill, and I was like, "Cool, great, awesome." But um, I started noticing that there's this dude who is like around all the fucking time, oh, and I'm no. like, "Okay, who the fuck is this guy? This is this is a little sus." And it, it's just this like I'm gonna call him a little bald fucker because he literally looked like um <laughs> he reminded me of uh, I think his name was Horace from the uh, 101 Dalmatians. He's just like the yes, short, yes. like I know exactly who you're talking about. Bald dude. He's not the one that goes, "I'll knock your blanket block off." But he's, fuck, he's, he's the, the other, other one. He's, he's the short, the fat one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and yeah. I hate to like body shame guys, but this guy's a fucking prick. So either way, <laughs> he um he is like rolling up all the fucking time. And at one point, I ran into him, and he kind of talked like he was always on cocaine or something. Oh, he was like, no. "Hey guys, I'm a, uh, my name's Frank. I'm gonna like, talk like this all the fucking time." I was like, "Jesus fucking Christ, just chill. I'll move my fucking car. Kill, mm-hmm. Like calm the fuck down." Um. And he was always, like, kind of civil with us. Not a big deal. But then one day, I uh, go into my mailbox, and I'll say name redacted for now. Sure. Um, I get a letter that's addressed to some dude. Um, and I'm like, huh, that's weird. I've never seen this name before. Because at this point, I fucking know everyone that's lived in this apartment by how right. I keep getting their mail. So, like, right. this is a new guy. And I'm like, huh. And then I noticed in the upper left-hand corner, it said plaintiff's office. And I was like... Oh, these are fucking like legal documents. Oh! Like this motherfucker is like getting served or something like that. So I'm like, okay, ding. My little law brain goes off. I'm like, I'm gonna do a little research real quick. Good for you. So I hit the Google and I type this guy's name in, and the very first fucking search result is a uh, it's like a police report for this guy, um, and how he was an abscondee, quote unquote. So basically, <sighs> he had run away from his uh, probation. For eight fucking months, this dude avoided probation. Oh, and then no. got rearrested in September, and they moved in in November. So I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" And I realized he was in there for uh, fuck. What was it? Um, it was uh, criminal intent, um, aggravated harassment, and uh, some other. Oh, uh, DUI. Duh. The, you know the important thing. Oh, man. So I was like, oh, my fucking God. And there was his fucking picture. That guy I had spoken to that morning is plain as fucking day as his fucking mugshot. And I was like, we have a fucking criminal living downstairs. Are you fucking kidding me? Jesus. So um, naturally, I tell Karen. 
And I do a little bit more research um, just to, like, you know, see if there's any other, like, records and shit. And apparently something I learned about uh, Kenmore Tonawanda is that if you have a house sale that is over $50,000, it gets, like, public record. Yeah. So, like, I noticed they had just sold their house for $130,000 to a blank and a blank with the same last name. And this woman was the same uh, first name as the woman who lives downstairs. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Because I was told her name was one thing, but actually it was this other married name. So she was using a fake name to to fucking sign this lease. Wow. So she's fucking here illegally, too. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. So basically, Karen and I get this information and we're like, I don't know what to do because I don't necessarily like want to be a snitch. I don't know all the fucking details. I will say this guy is white, so it was definitely a legitimate police <laughs> report. You know what I wow. mean? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like if it's a fucking white guy, then you're like, okay, yeah, this guy definitely this fucked up. This is legit. Like, he definitely he fucked definitely up. He definitely fucking he did got, shit. He fucked up to the point where they couldn't get him out of it. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I fucking know that it's fucking BPD. Um, mm, mm. So either fucking way, um, he... <laughs> so we we kind of come to this decision that, like... We're gonna like let our landlord know once th- if things like get like fucked up because like we don't know if this like they're trying to like have a second chance they have a small child like there's all these like factors that are in here that we're like all right we need to uh, kind of evaluate we don't want to like fuck up anyone's life we don't want to like be that guy that like puts them back on the street or some shit you know what I mean sure sure like I don't know their situation I don't know their fucking life but they didn't really give us much of a chance because then a couple months later um Karen and I uh, just on a random whim one night in February. We're like, huh, I really want to go get a pizza. You want a fucking pizza? During a fucking um, snowstorm, During too, a snowstorm. Right? Um, because, like, literally, I had checked the weather, and it was like, okay, so it's going to start <laughs> snowing in about an hour. So we have a perfect amount of time to go grab this pizza and come back home. Because I was on Instagram, and I saw Macy's Pizza, and Macy's fucking pizza was like, we have this new pizza called Mac Attack. And Ooh. it is a shaved steak, onion, macaroni, and cheese on top of <gasps> fucking pizza. And I was like... I want to make bad decisions. Yes. I want to gain 20 pounds tonight. Yes. So let's fucking go. Yes. And like literally just an impulse decision. Saw it on Instagram. We're like, okay, let's go. So we stopped at Target. I got the Lady Gaga Oreos when that was a thing. Yeah. And then we fucking went to Macy's. And then as we're coming back, we see all these sirens coming down our street. And we're like, what the fuck's going on? As we get closer and closer, we see the firemen. Uh, and then we saw a policeman bolt up to our house and smash a window in. And we're like... <gasps> what the fuck's happening and then our crazy ass motherfucking drug doing neighbor at the time was like your house is on fire your house is on fucking fire like just screaming at us as we're pulling in our driveway and we're like oh my fucking god wow and then we start seeing the black smoke start to billow out the bottom floor <sighs> like there's fucking like we see like a little bit of like a blaze coming from the back and we're like oh my god our house is on fucking fire Holy so then we back out after a policeman comes up to us like um is this your house? And we're like, uh, uh, y- yeah, we, we live on, we live on the top floor. He's like, um, well, the bottom floor is on fire. Uh, so <laughs> you might want to get out of this driveway, please. And we're like, oh my God. Yeah, sure thing. Go park in a neighbor's driveway. As the night unfolds, we're there for like two hours, just trying to like figure out what the fuck's going on. The fire sure. department comes up, they put out the blaze, all that kind of shit. And eventually we're let back in and we got so fucking lucky, dude. Like, upstairs looked like it was untouched but like if you put your finger on the wall like you just like dragged it down you could feel it the was soot. you yeah. got like a giant trail of black and we're like son of a bitch wow but none of our shit was burned like none of our shit was like damaged beyond repair that's Some of the honestly stuff. amazing yeah like we had like a lot of stuff that was like smoke damage like we got a new couch and we got a new uh um bed and all that kind of shit but um 
apparently come to find out here's the thing i'm not trying i have to say that they determined that they are not taking liability downstairs for the fire because apparently it was a bad power strip that they used and it caught fire i don't know how power strip catches fire unless something's on in the room anyway I have um, some thoughts about that, but well, I'll, here's I'll, my I'll thing. just hold that. Well, I'll here's, hold here's that. what the fireman, and this is factually true, told us, that it was cut and dry, that the um, there was a space heater that was left on next to their bed, and it caught the whole face on fire. But do you want to know the most fucking sus thing about all of it? Hmm. Um, we saw that motherfucker who had got a note from the plaintiff's office in the fucking house when we left to get the pizza. And he claimed on... All of this, like, on official record that he was not at the fucking house for hours, and we know for a goddamn motherfucking fact that he was because we almost hit his truck on the way out of the goddamn house. So, I'm I'm grateful that now we have a beautiful apartment. It is much better. It gave us all the upgrades that we needed. We got a free couch from our landlord. My dad bought us a new bed. Oh, we had nice. both gotten new jobs and like Karen has a fucking amazing job. I have a brand new job that's paying me well and like we were able to recover from this very very easily. Not Thank a lot God. of people could have. Thank God. But I had just gotten the fucking job and like they were amazing about it. Like mm-hmm. honestly like this company has been such a blessing it's been insane yeah so um yeah long short of it some motherfucking uh abscondi fleeting from the law motherfucker set my goddamn house on fire um and sent us spinning for two months where we had to live with our parents again and now we have a new place piece of shit da 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 hey <laughs> and that is my story such of a piece of shit fire such a piece fuck of this shit dude, doing dude. that fuck this listen dude if you're gonna be a scumbag, don't do it and ruin the lives of other people. Just go dude. be a scumbag somewhere else. You have a fucking four year old. dude. There are tons of scumbags that hang out together. This dude's a you fucking could be father. Together. Literally, you could live in scumbag Literally. colonies. You oh could have scumbag feasts. You could have scumbag like sleepovers with other people. You like do this is. Anything. Yeah, you could do anything. You run mm-hmm. scumbags. Like have a heroin party if you want to do that. Anything else besides what you fucking did to us? Yeah, um, but don't have a heroin like, party. Had... Fuck heroin. Fuck, dude. Fuck heroin though. Fuck heroin. Introduced into by the CIA to people in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, um, we won't get into that. <laughs> Either way, um, yeah. So I also just want to say, like, everyone who gave us money, who donated stuff to us, we were really fucking grateful. Yeah, you had a really lot amazing. of really cool help for that. I, a I lot of really cool help. We, we didn't really want to post anything formal because, like, we, we really do have the money. Like, it's really awesome. And, like, everyone who did give gifts, we are going to send out thanks you cards. We're just still moving in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was just it was a really great support system. And it's really, like, a that's what made us, like, kind of fall back in love with the community a bit. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, it's really easy to get cynical when you're in a small town. That's fair. Yeah. Um, and, like, honestly, everyone came out in fucking droves and helped us out. And it was amazing. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So, yeah, that was uh, that was my fire story. Yeah, but that's crazy. That's a crazy thing to have happen this year. Well, no wonder you were fucking stressed and depressed and shit oh like God. that. Like, you have all these changes happen within, like, a month of Forceful time. Forceful changes, dude. Yeah. Forceful. Yeah. So, like, it was kind of just, like, one thing after the other. And it's really fucking amazing because, like, we had just get- gotten into this stride of, like, we had an amazing routine for the house we had an amazing routine for like this is what our work day looks like and then we get to like go work out and we get to do xyz like we had like a routine down like down to the fucking t sure and then everything got uprooted then immediately. everything goes shit then yep. everything goes to shit so now uh yeah and um we are grateful and we're gonna like that was supposed to be our last apartment while we were here and now we have this new place which honestly 
It's a fucking upgrade. Yeah. Like, we, everything in this apartment had been updated within the last five years. While you're here, you might as yeah. well live good, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's how no... I feel from it. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, good. yeah, Good. Yeah, good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. It's, it's fucking fine. You deserve that one. And then we're going we're gonna to move. Yeah. Yeah, Karen's looking um, at some uh, New York-y stuff, and I'm looking at some LA-y stuff. Long distance is going to suck, but... It's yeah. just like the thing is like what I want to do is out there. That's fair. You know, That's it, it's, fair. I'm gonna like obviously I'm gonna look for schools in um, New York, Florida, and California. Mm-hmm. But like when I went there on a trip like the two years ago that I was talking about before, like I just felt like this overwhelming sense of like I need to be here. Yeah, I get that. And how do you? I don't know. I'm a very Sometimes big you know. of like universe. Sometimes and all you that just kind know. Of shit, and I'm just like this is this is something. Yeah. This is like the culture I want to be with. This is like the places I want to go. Yeah, I just feel like that's where my artistic endeavors are driving me to. So. Yeah, that's that's really awesome, dude. Yeah, dog. That's going to be a great journey for you, and I can't wait to like just be out there and like check out what you're doing. And yeah, like fucking that. visit me whenever you want, dude. Absolutely. We'll go to the beach. Beach. So we're going to go get away. <laughs> Starships. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's that kind of wraps up the. Uh, the fire and shit and yeah. also a little bit ties into like you know working on the dream thing everything yeah so i mean like i wanted to ask you that question too so i mean you mentioned like you have like your passion for like teaching theater and shit sure um but have you gotten in tune with like your dreams and shit like what you're like looking for in like the grand scheme of things or like what you're looking at like long term wow i didn't expect to be like put on the spot like this well here you go usually i'm the one asking these questions well yeah i mean here's my thing my default for comfort is always to interview the guys trying to interview me yeah i get that (laughs) i like that um I think I'm where I need to be right now. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I think that. I think I'm going to end up in a teaser role within the next five years. Mm-hmm. I honestly like like a more fully like formal like I am the theater teacher. No, no, no. Not even that. Like, like like a first grade teacher. Oh, you're looking like at like elementary, general. dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love my kids, dude. I Fuck love yeah. I love the influence that I can have on Ooh. kids and like being a good part of their day. Yep. Especially when some kids have it like I feel like. I I love my childhood. Um, my parents gave me everything. Uh, yeah, my brothers were amazing growing up. I grew up with depression. I was diagnosed with major depression when I was thirteen. Fuck. So dude. I grew up feeling very alone in a lot of senses I, with that. I, and if yeah. I can put myself back in that place to where I knew I was, mm-hmm. and just at least reach out to kids, I'm 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 home. That's like that's what dude. I need. That's fucking that's what amazing. I need. But I um fuck yes. I gotta okay. get married first. Yeah. Okay. First of all, you and Karen can't leave until we get married because you're on the guest list. Well, when are you getting married? I mean, we'll, we'll it's come back. July of next year. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So yeah. You... No, we're not planning on leaving until like at the earliest. It would be like August. You're goddamn right. You are. Like, <laughs> you're, you're fucking staying for that. July 23rd of 2022. You stay here I'm for not, that. I'm you stay anywhere. here. Okay. Right here. Because right because she'll kill me. Oh yeah. Then she'll kill you too. Oh, well, yeah. But I she'll mean, kill me first. Well, I mean, she'll still Karen first, then she'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, so... I, I think that's a good thing. I want to get married. I want to um, I want to settle down. I want to be in a mm-hmm. position where I can, like, I've always been a firm believer. I said it earlier in this episode, but I've always been a firm believer in everything starts with the hometown. So Beautiful. I don't know okay. if, I don't know if I need that life of, like, um, going to New York and doing there was a there was a time 
Yeah. That I absolutely wanted to and I thought I could be big. I vibe. Yeah. But like I see all these people who go out there and they struggle and they're not happy. And I want to be – I would rather be like – Prolonged happiness. You're right. Do like, less theater and be way happier mm-hmm. with the people I'm around than make it my whole life and have it become this thing that I dread doing, which I mm-hmm. don't want to say mm-hmm. like – I've seen Broadway people who do one show and then they're oh, done. dude. Dude. Yeah. No, dude. I So I don't mean to like change – I'm not changing the subject. No, go ahead. Um, But we I'm going to. on like a little spory. Uh, so yeah, I did like one class in New York. Like I decided like I'm going to take a legit – acting vocal class in new york i'm just gonna do the fucking thing and like see if i enjoy it fucking hated it hated it oh my god every day like it's weird because like i got a lot out of it as a performer and like they really liked me and like they they really gave me some incredible tools and i was just like every day i went in there i was like i have never been more anxious i've never been anxious to the point where i felt like i was gonna fucking throw up because i'm also like i have a phobia of throwing up but i felt like i was gonna throw (laughs) up every fucking day I was taking... I throw um, up like it's my goddamn job, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. I, I have such a weak stomach. We talked about it two podcasts oh, ago. I have no. such a weak stomach. It's oh, so you poor boy. No, no. I am a, uh, I'm a person who will do everything in their power not to throw up. <laughs> um, so, like I said, phobia. Yeah, um, I get it. Oh, fuck. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so basically oh yeah that was the thing i was also like i had never taken so much anti-anxiety meds while i was there like mm. i was literally like i'm i have a prescription for xanax and i'm supposed to use it for situations i don't take it recreationally i don't condone that but like i popped like three times my normal amount of dose while i was there Jesus. trying to like not feel nervous never fucking worked like i literally like i would still pop it and i would feel like a little like i feel like definitely less like i was gonna die but i still felt like i <laughs> yeah I was like the most uncertain human being that has ever walked into a room before. Part of me feels like mindfulness is way better than any anxiety meds that like, can ever be. Like there's some yeah. that can definitely take edges off and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, living in the present is the way to go. Like just knowing like that you like breathing in the bad thoughts and breathing mm-hmm. them out and like just going yeah. and slowly doing that throughout Dude, the day. But like I desperately wish I could do that. <laughs> I do too sometimes. So bad. I, it's easier said than done. I'm oh, over here preaching about it. I've been stressed out all fucking week. Like, oh that's my god! Just yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it goes. I yeah no, dude. I feel you because like I've um, it got to a point where I couldn't do anything except I need to take meds. Sure. And so, could I do more mindfulness? Yeah, I could definitely meditate more often and stuff like that. And like, I'm a huge proponent for to do that. I just, I don't know. I I'm so. I also have OCD on top of my anxiety that I'm just like, sometimes it's really hard for me to find my space because there's so many other things I could be doing. Sure. That's OCD. Sure. Yeah, that's so, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I vibe you though. Yeah. Well, um, that's why I like you so much, dude, is you're, you're so willing to talk about stuff. Like oh, God, yeah. No, I don't give a fuck. So let's touch back on, because mm-hmm. I know you got to go relatively soon. We could talk a little bit. It's yeah, fine. A don't little, don't a little bit. It. But I want to I make sure you get to your... <laughs> DD's important, dude. Like, DD's important. I love my boys. But also, like, they're always fucking late when I want them to be there. So That's fair. I'm going to be late. <laughs> yeah. And, you, and you're with good company, too. So 100%. Like, 100%. Yeah, exactly. They're uh, good dudes. So I also, you, I'm buddy. not going to lie, and I'm going to say this now, I totally fucking forgot that we were doing it tonight. <laughs> And then yesterday, I was doing some uh, lighting consultation over at um, Chris's high school, and he's like, so yeah, D&D tomorrow? And I was like, I have, I'm going to dance podcast. Don't you fucking do this to me. And I was like, yeah, dude, yeah. I got you. He told me today he'd forget. come on, which would be really good. 
because I probably brought it up to him yesterday. He's like, why hasn't Dan asked me to be on his podcast? He said he'd give me a solid hour, but I'm like, I want more. Well, I, I now, I mean, dude, I could talk to you all fucking day. I know. It's so easy once you get you into a rhythm. Yeah, of... you've, gotten, you've lulled me into this false sense of security, <laughs> haven't you? I'm yeah, gonna, like, that's get what I do. soon. That's why like, people like me. Do? Um, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. So we talked about the anxiety-inducing factors mm-hmm. of acting. But I feel like you and I, when we got to know each other through it, we had two really memorable shows together, mm-hmm. which I'm very thankful you were there for, regardless of how you feel about it now. Like, I'm so, like... Oh, because dude. it's brought me close to you, and you're... Yeah. You vibe like me. Like, we kill the same... But Sidetrack real quick, because I did want to ask you this before. Yeah. And I want to make sure... What was your angsty music in high school? Like, what was your... Oh, my God, I was going to circle really back go to... to? I was going to do that for you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, dude, okay. Um, oh, God. Okay. I'm there's... just going to start naming off people, I think, and you you tell me if you were into okay, them, well, too. Okay, well, first off, first and foremost, My Chemical Romance was my king. Absolutely. That was, like, my top tier. I listened to every fucking album. I was in a My Chemical Romance, Green Day, and Weezer cover band. <laughs> so, like, I know their entire discography. <laughs> of fucking course you were. I play the drums for all the fucking tracks. I know them by heart. I love every single fucking thing about it. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, My Chemical Romance is my king. Um, I but used to walk home from this middle school. Mm-hmm. Singing Boulevard of Broken Dreams <laughs> over and over on my 15 minute walk home. I just remembered the whole song and I would just like, I walk these empty wait. streets. I'm like, I'm walking wait, wait, down wait. one straight patch of road. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me get this straight because I did something similar if you actually did it. You didn't sure. have an, like an iPod in or anything like that. You were just singing it because it's just what at was the in your time. Head. Yes. At the time, yes. Similarly, I would go down. Um, <laughs> I would literally like, there's this one song by Avenged Sevenfold. Avenged Sevenfold is one of my favorite bands of all time. I love it. Um, and <laughs> I would sing a little piece of heaven to freak ah, out. Yeah. So I would just be like at this nine minute, just like rant of insanity of like talking about killing my girlfriend and eating her apparently. <laughs> oh my God. I so, love it. Oh God. Yeah. No. Avenged Sevenfold is where it was at for me. Avenged um, is great. Um, disturbed. Disturbed. Oh, you God. had to be All a disturbed day. person. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Of 10, so, so you're putting that and you're putting Breaking Benjamin in. Oh, Breaking Benjamin was, um, they were kind of like a, uh, like I listened to a couple tracks by them. They fit into that category for me. Cool. Um, I listened to a lot of, uh, So Cold, Diary of Jane. Um, what was the other fucking one that like, did you ever really do big? Evil Angel? Evil Angel. Evil Angel was my shit Evil back Angel. in the, that's the reason I have wings I'm tattooed on my back. No fucking that song. Yeah. That, that always, cause I would envision it. I would just see this mm-hmm. like this crazy ass thing. It's the reason I have like, I will get even more angel tattoos than I have now. I have two. Right. I have two, like, so I have a cross on my back that has mm-hmm. angel wings on it. Yeah. And then on my thigh, I have an angel, but she's, like, covering her face. Like, she's, like, she's just kind of crouching. She's covering. It's it's a really well done one. I um, used to uh, draw a lot of angels back in the day. Yeah. There'd always be ones that were really fucking depressed, though. So, like, I used to draw this. Um, but you know, you know yeah. why, though? And, like, this is kind of circling back is, like... I grew up seeing all this beautiful, like, religious art on the churches I was in. Oh, yeah. And I see these angels, and I'm like, they're so beautiful. Like, every one of them is just gorgeous. Yeah. I've been, I've been, like, legitimately, like, one of my, if I ever get into playwriting, um, I do a little bit of it here and there, but, like, one of my thoughts is, like, doing the Avengers, but it's, like, fucking uh, monotheistic deities. Oh, that's sick. (laughs) So it's, like, you have, like, Jesus Christ, like, teaming up with, like, um, like, fucking 
Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of any. I literally, I had this whole thing like planned in my brain a while ago. Like but Saint Peter, like, Saint Thang- Saint like Anthony, doing, like, like all these literally, people like that. literally, and like Saint Jesus Paul. is like their Thor, and then like so I don't know, cool. they might have to like team up and kill God for some reason or something. <laughs> like literally, I just like I go through this whole these things. Never thought I'd talk about this in my old Catholic no. school, but this is a gorgeous thing. It's a good thing. It's a little, it's a cool thing. I, I mean, listen, it. dude, all of like Japanese culture is always about like, you know, powers and friendship. Let's go. Sure. And then like, let's get together, become the most powerful thing because the most powerful thing is friendship and kill God. Yeah. That's like the plot of like pretty much every JRPG. Yeah. Pretty 100%. much. Pretty much. Like Sorry. that's God of War in a nutshell. It, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, except him is like I am. Uh, like it's I need to bond with my son and then go kill Thor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is gonna be oh my god, I'm so ready for God of War too. So ready for that shit. Any hoozle. Um, um, so we have yeah, that. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I listened to a fuck ton of Devil Wears Prada. Uh, yeah. Uh, did Under remember? Did remember? Oh, dude, I did remember. I still listen to. You look like a bullet from my Valentine guy. I. Dude, okay, straight up, there's, uh, there's this picture of me because I actually did a, a thing where like I dyed sections of my hair um, red, mm-hmm. and then I had this bullet from my Valentine T-shirt where the red blood Ooh. coming off the skull matched Ooh. the hair, and so like I literally wear this like bullet from my Valentine uh, shirt to school and like with my red hair, and I was like, yeah, what the fuck ever, man. I always thing is, I was loved, like, I loved hard rock in high school. Oh I always do. Any metal, any hard rock, any good drum lines, like. Avenged Drummer is one of the best that's ever lived. James the Rev motherfucking Sullivan yeah. is my fucking icon, and he passed away when he was fucking 28. So sad. A fucking overdose. Don't do drugs. Just stop, because it's taking all of my like favorite fucking musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I literally remember the day he passed away, and I was just like, I had, I had never felt that way about a celebrity before, or someone who was famous. Like, yeah. Being, like, getting like so fucking like profoundly sad that someone's art is gone mm-hmm. like we'll never get more drum lines for him he wrote some pieces for the nightmare album but then he fucking died and the guy from dream theater came in and like finished it off for him yeah it's what hard man you know who did that for me and you could probably guess it but it was chester bennington from chester lincoln park bennington. well the thing that hurt explicitly about that one is that he had just released an album about not committing suicide and then he committed suicide because he isn't it funny how when you're really depressed you push it away from other people like you push any thoughts of depression away because you just want to lift those people up and know that they're worthy even though you as yourself don't feel it Mm -hmm. sometimes dude it's such a crazy Ugh. contradiction. Ugh. It gives me like fucking like jitters. Yeah. Um that's yeah, like Lincoln Park was my gateway. Yeah. And but that's what like so Brittany Waisaki actually, mm-hmm. we were working together at the time and um she texted me and she was like, It's terrible about Chester. And, and I you was were like, like, What are you talking about? I was like, about? What do you mean? And then I looked on Facebook, I see all this stuff about Chester Bennington committing suicide and doing all this and oh like my God. and I'm sitting there and I'm going, he made all this music that stopped people from harming themselves and doing all these things, but he couldn't save himself. Like, that's just, that's like, and then you go back and you listen to um, songs like, uh, like, Hybrid Theory and then, um, uh, 
my god oh oh I've, i can't believe i forgot the name of the song for a second but um on the minutes to midnight album when mm. they do leave out all the rest oh my god and he's saying when my time comes forget <sighs> the wrong that i've done help me leave behind some, some reasons, reasons to, to be believe. missed oh my god dude like that's he <sighs> he spoke that into existence like he yes. knew he knew for a really long time eventually dude. he would go and it's it's the most fucking depressing thing it to think is. about. I'm I'm actually like trying to remember the song he released right before. Yeah, the, uh, one more light. Is that what you're thinking? That's I think the it one. Was, right. That's the one he attributed to Chris Cornell too, because he was so close with Chris Cornell oh, from Soundgarden. So yeah, like, it's the one he re- released with Kira, I think. Uh that was heavy. Heavy. That was heavy. heavy. And I trashed the fuck out of that song at first. I trashed I it, too. and I said that it was gonna is this pop bullshit and stuff. And then he died, and I was like. Oh, uh, well, because like at first, because I'm not going to lie, like at surface level, it is a very generic poppy. Like, don't yeah. Don't kill yourself song. But you don't you didn't realize he was fucking going through that because Why he was saying is don't do it. So heavy. Why like, is that? So yeah. Heavy? Yeah. He knew. He knew. He, oh he God, just knew. Dog. It's it's so sad. Uh, that was my biggest one, especially in in like the rock genre that that hurt oh, so much. It was that um, the basis from Slipknot. Oh, oh man! The, I, well, this is something I don't know if you were too into, but a Suicide Silence. Did you ever listen to them? Yeah, uh, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch, Mitch Lucker. Fucking yeah. oh my! Fucking motorcycle accident. <sighs> Terrible. Fucking motorcycle. So don't many people drive go a from that. Motorcycle. I know it's sad. Uh, literally, a kid from my high school who I got my knee surgery done, and he would help me every single day out of Spanish class to go up three floors because I couldn't fucking carry my books. He would sure. carry my books up to my next class. Like a year out of fucking high school, he was in a fucking mo- motorcycle accident and he fucking died. Fuck. Don't fucking drive motorcycles. There was some dude oh in North Carolina. I won't even like. I don't know his name, but it's like, okay. thank God because he doesn't even need to be remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid was driving on Nash Road mm-hmm. and he hit him like on the side, like on his bike, killed him, and just ran off. Didn't admit to it for nine fucking months, dude. Covered it up. No one knew who did it for nine what the fuck? months. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. Shit like that happens. I lost a, I lost a friend a week before my prom. I talked about it two episodes ago. We, Me and my best friend from high school had, like, a great memorial for him on this. But, like, it, it's just, it's fucked up. And it, But it gives you that sense of reality, too, where it's like, oh, shit. Like, this is actually, like, we're not bulletproof. No. Like, we do go through shit like this. Dude, 100%. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we want to end on this note, but we're not going to. No, we're not, because I, I want to get to at least one story before yes. before you go. Because, um, like, we're talking about, like, how this is, like, shit that happens. Like, I mean, r- my first week of high school, when I came in as a freshman, we had a fucking memorial ceremony for a senior who was in a fucking car accident with three other seniors, and the, dr- the driver was drunk. And, like, that kind of set the tone for, like, the whole, like, high school, like, being, like, thrown into reality bullshit. Because, like, you're just like, who the fuck's this kid? I didn't even know the kid. Yeah. And he fucking died because the guy driving was drunk. Uh. And, like, he was the only person of, like, the four people that were in the car that died. And it's like, you go from that, and then someone from my childhood, like, fucking, um, randomly, like, committed suicide. Oh. And then, like, <laughs> then, I mean, to cap it fucking all off. Yeah. Like, when I was in Florida, my best friend fucking died. Like, how... I know. Mortality is so fucked up, and it's, like, all these experiences, it's, like, how... And this kind of goes back to, it's, like, how can I waste my time doing things I don't fucking enjoy? 
hundred percent. How the fuck can I do that? That's a great segue. Cause like he was in the middle of, uh, my best friend was he, he well, one of my best friends, I have to say, um, he was in the middle of getting his master's in psychology to his whole thing was that he wanted to get to the shitty kids before they could become shitty. Sure. So like he wanted to like, basically he was just a fucking saint. I love him. His favorite was Captain America. I have a tattoo of him now on my fucking, his name's Nick, right? right? Uh, yep. Nick. Yeah. We'll honor him. Yep. He's Nick. on my left arm. Shout um, out Nick. it's just like he was in the middle of doing his masters and he just fucking, he just died. Terrible. Um, so it's like, would he want me to fucking waste my time doing what I don't enjoy doing? No. Like, I mean, like right now I'm doing tech support and I actually weirdly fucking like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the company I'm with and all that kind of shit. But like, honestly, like how long can I do things that support me, but that I don't like a hundred percent feel passionate about before I'm like, okay, I need to just like go do something that fulfills me. Sure. And that, like gives me what I want to do. And that like gives me the story I want to have. I don't know. I agree. I think that's a powerful thing, yeah. and I think it's good you recognize that, <sighs> honestly. It's always heavy. It's like one of those things that's like on the back of your brain that's but like... this is real life. Exactly. It's a real fucking life. Like, you have to mention these things or no one will. It, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then, there you go. It's like, I don't... Like, I, I really appreciated all the acting opportunities I had, and I realized that I got a lot more than a lot of people will. Mm-hmm. I just don't like it. Yeah, I get and it. And so, would I rather do that for the two months and have to like spend every single night going to rehearsal like honestly like just feeling wrong yeah and having something that someone else really really wants yeah feels fucked up yeah it does i I get it i get it and like i won't validate or invalidate your feelings yeah i think you're totally justified in everything you're feeling appreciate everything with that yeah Okay, so, so yeah, one let's, story let's, will end let's on. Let's be happy. Because we've we've got to mention the story before you go. Yeah, let's go. So, like I said before, we got <laughs> oh, involved yeah, in two it. awesome theater experiences together. First was Jungle Book, <sighs> Jungle which Book. we won um, the Artie for Best Ensemble for. Mm-hmm. Such mm-hmm. a fun show. You killed it with oh, the drums dude. in that. That like, was amazing. Absolutely. Just, oh, my God. Just a blast. Like, everybody mm-hmm. all around was so fun to work with, and we conquered through so much with that. Yeah, dude. But then West Side Story was so different because <laughs> all of our friends were in one area and it was, it was absolutely incredible. Awesome. I, if, dude, if that's like the last one of the last acting gigs I ever do in my life, that's what you want to fucking. That's go what out you want to do. Oh my god! How do you get better than that? Right. Yeah. Continue. But you were involved <laughs> in the craziest theater story that I have. Oh my god. <laughs> that I will never forget. So I, context, I cut my hand. I told my this story on this podcast, mm-hmm. but I cut my hand junior year of college or senior year mm-hmm. into super senior year of college. I cut my hand on stage really, really bad, and I thought that was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> you had the wildest shit I have ever seen in my life. Cut with so life. context, we're yep. doing West Side Story at this point. Matt is playing Riff. I am playing uh, Pepe on the shark side. He is on the jet side. He's yeah. the leader of the jets. Act one ends. I see you looking at your elbow right now. This I'm is fucking hilarious. Hilarious. Um, so we're on opposite sides. Act one of West Side Story ends as um, Romeo and Juliet ends in the third act or begins in the third act, which, which fucking ever. I don't know. You I'm know, not an expert. The... Don't sue me. Shakespeare. Anyway. So um, it ends the same way that ends where Bernardo and Riff have the knife fight. Yeah. Knife fight. Riff gets killed. 
um, when Tony interferes and then Tony kills um, Bernardo the same way Tybalt kills Mercutio and uh, Romeo kills Tybalt. Like mm, that exact mm, thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a knife fight, and it's the, the it's absolutely the most dangerous part of the whole show. Hundred percent. Like it has to be. There has to be real yeah. danger within this because it's such a tense moment. And it was choreographed very cool by yeah. um, our friend Steve Vaughn. Who's and we have to amazing. Yeah, we have to acknowledge also that we did a version where it was actually a legit fucking knife fight. Yeah, like down like fucking gritty two dudes from the street going at each other with knives. Because normally yeah. it's done as like more of like a ballet style kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was none of that. It was awesome. Like, it was like brutal. Like they squared up, the knives went out, and like it was fucking on. It was you know, fucking on. That's something that honestly like I would fucking go back and do in a fucking goddamn that. heartbeat. That's how I feel about like when Ooh. we were doing Jungle Book and the set yeah. was spinning and I was climbing up it. Yeah, I loved dude. that moment. I thought that moment was so fucking awesome. That was magical. Um, so we get to so, the knife fight yeah. one Saturday night after we've done a show already. <laughs> yep. And I'm going to let you take over for this part. So cool. um, go yeah. ahead because you were involved with it, but I was outside of it. So, yeah, um, we to go to start. Um, Bernardo's Alejandro Gomez. Love this boy so, so much. Um, and we have done this fight. I don't even know how many fucking times up to that point. Like, we would do it, like, before the show. We'd do it in uh, fucking fight call. We did it in rehearsal probably, like, upwards of, like, 50 times. Like, we had this down to a fucking science. Every single night, every single mark was hit. Not a single fuck up up until this point. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> the fight starts. Everything's totally normal. Um. We're going through the motions. Like, our emotions are, like, right where they need to fucking be. It's intense as fuck. And we go for this one move where basically I lunge into him and he is supposed to push my arm out of the way and swipe down and make it look like he was trying to swipe at my arm, but I pulled back too soon. So he skips the pushing my arm out of the way part and comes down full fucking force with a dulled army knife, <laughs> slices my fucking arm open. Oh my I have God. a lovely scar on uh, right above my elbow that honestly, dude... Uh, let me start with just saying he hits me and I'm like, huh, did I just fucking get hit? I'm like still going through all like the combat and shit like that. I'm like, mom, damn, my fucking arm hurts. Like as I'm literally like going through all the motions here. Adrenaline, man. It's a crazy thing. A hundred percent. Like I felt like it just felt warm. Like it didn't feel like pain. I didn't feel stinging. I didn't feel anything. It just felt warm. And I'm like, huh, fuck. And then as we're going through more of the motions, like, man, my arm feels really wet. Like what the fuck's going on? So in the middle of the uh, choreography, we actually have like a scripted in break. And so I stand up from this reset moment we have where I lose the knife and he still has his knife and we square off and I like look over at my arm and it's bright fucking red, like literally just like fucking slasher movie style blood all the way down my arm. That's like, so ripping funny off that my we fingertips. noticed it at the same, same time. time. Everyone was like, oh my fucking God, <laughs> Matt, you're, you're bleeding. I'm like, I fucking know. That's like literally was like the the subtext of what was going on in the room. Yeah, yeah. But you were, for people listening, he wasn't bleeding. He was bleeding, gushing blood. Gushing blood. I took a moment and I looked around the stage and there was like pools yeah, of my cause, blood cause there's, like just hanging out. There's chaos because it's a it's a fight yep. scene or whatever. But we reset and we go for this like almost like this matador <laughs> moment, right? That's yep. the only way you could really describe it. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I'm on from the perspective when the hit happened. Mm. I remember hearing something, 
and thinking, oh, fuck, did Matt get hit? Because, like, I, I love stage combat. Yeah. I will never claim to be someone who's, like, particularly good at it or anything yep. like that. But I like to make sure I keep track of the things so that if people well, say something, yeah. like, that's, that's, those are the moments you want to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Have your sense of So appearance. I hear it hit, and I was like, fuck, did he just get clipped? And then, <laughs> and then you guys are like, there's no hold, there's no nothing. Nope. I'm like, okay, we're cool. And then we do that reset, the chaos stops, yep. the stage is bare. And I look at your fucking arm. Bright fucking red. It, the whole arm. The, it was incredible. The whole arm. You were dripping. And I'm looking and I'm. Incredible. my first thought is, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> what the fuck do we do? And like, I, 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 dude, I remember a moment where I literally like, I look around. Everyone's just staring at me with this blank stare. And I look at Alejandro and we have a moment where I'm like, let's just go, go, baby. Let's yeah. fucking go. Because literally like my next thing is like, all right. Come on, come at me. And I get in place, and he's like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Like, it was just like this. Rip like, didn't give a fuck. Did not give a fuck the fact that it's like there was more blood in that moment than there had been the entire fucking show. Um, yeah. Crazy. So I finish out the choreo, and I remember uh, the following uh, events where I was on the ground, and I was just trembling. Because at that point, the adrenaline, as soon as I hit that ground and I knew I was done with my fight, the adrenaline had like died down. And I started feeling like an <laughs> ultimate sting. Like my entire arm started like shaking and like my whole body was like convulsing. And I was just like, okay, I need to fucking bolts back. Can't cage. imagine why. I need to breathe through it. We need to fucking go. So <laughs> I remember seeing Ricky and Ricky Needham. Like his entire, the entire front of his body was covered in my blood. <laughs> like it literally looked like he had been the one to fucking murder me. He loved it. Oh, of course he fucking Remember did. Remember he said that after he was like, like, he was like, I'm a huge I, horror movie buff. That was I the coolest it. thing that's ever happened to me. I loved it. I, I can't wait to have him on here at some point. I too. love that boy. Yeah, me, need, um, me too. Dude, me too. oh my God. And I was just like, he, he had like a huge, the best part about it is on the back of his jacket, he had a handprint. From when, I, from when I ran into him and grabbed him, he had just a bloody handprint in the back of his jacket. Amazing! Like, oh my fucking god! I really wish that like they had a second jacket for him, so that way we still had my blood-soaked jacket. But nope, we didn't do it. Um, but either way, yeah. So the next few things I remember is I was in the bathroom and Kevin, our I guess he was the stage, stage manager. manager. Yeah, he was being a fucking G ASM and ASM. was just like on me. He was like, okay, what do we need to fucking do here? Let's dump some alcohol on it. Let's get it wrapped up. Let's get you to the fucking hospital. Let's fucking go. He had that shit down to a science. He's like, everyone get the fuck out of the hallway. We need this space. Matt is bleeding out. We need a second. Um, so yeah, he wrapped me up and took me to the hospital. And so I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I've lost a lot of blood at this point. <laughs> I was getting a little delirious. Like I literally, I don't know how much I lost, but it literally you felt like lost a, gallon. a lot of blood that night. It was so much. Cause it never stopped. It just kept coming out. Yeah. And I, I remember some like really gross details. Like it started like coagulating, like on top of the actual cut. So I had to like, I had like flick off like the weird coagulated bit. Oh I, like God. I got to see what my tissue looked like when it gets oxidized. And it's like a little white. Um, no. And then no, 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 I no, literally because no, no. I watched the whole thing. I remember the nurse like uh, she injected me with some like numbing agent, and then she was like stitching me up. I'm like, this is like grotesquely fascinating. Holy shit! Look at my tendons move. Yeah. Because like I was just seeing all these like white fibers just like exposed, and like the blood just kept going boom, blip, blip, blip. Like every time my heart would pump, it's just like it's a really sobering moment to know how fragile we all are and how easily you can bleed out from uh, a friend fucking up one night yeah and uh it's actually really funny and i need to make this note that uh his father the same night holy fuck yeah. had 
uh, what did he do? He like accidentally punched accidentally, Jeremy in the face. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. in another show, and he also made some kid bleed that night. So that night, the Gomez boys were out for fucking blood. Oh, man, dude. they were really out for it. Uh, but like, I'll never forget, first of all, I'll never forget how bad Alejandro felt after doing Oh, yeah. That. Like, no, I had to be like, dude, dude, just don't fucking worry about like, it. Don't worry about Calm it. Down. Like, you're, you're fine. like this. I love you. You. This is not 100% your fault, though it is your fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't care. <laughs> It's but, like, then you were handling it so chill, too. Like, you had a glass of whiskey oh, yeah. in your hand. You're just, like, hanging out. And then, like, you like, were, like, I remember we were supposed to go somewhere that night. You're, like, we're still going out after? Like, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, dude. Or whatever. But all the girls are freaking out. I'm standing in the, I'm standing in the green room. Yeah. I go, girls, we have a show to do. Like, yep. he's fine. I'm fine. He's there. He's going to the hospital. I also Like, we have imagine. to move on. Like, I couldn't imagine if I had witnessed that, though. You know what I mean? Like, because you actually—I didn't give a it. fuck. I was standing there. <laughs> I really did it. I was like, I was like, Matt's fine. I see him uh, walking around. Like he's cool. Yep. Dan Torres has no fucking soul. If your arm was Matt, if your arm was laying on the ground, I'd obviously be concerned. Yeah, there'd be more of a problem. You were fine. Yeah. I saw I you, dude. I saw you get cut and finished three yeah. and a half minutes of a fight scene. You weren't desperately hurt to the point where you needed to like go down somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yep, until yep, yep. the adrenaline <laughs> ran off. I got some wicked fucking stitches from that. You did. Um, and also, it was really funny because I'd take them out myself because no one would take them out for me uh, because of some insurance bullshit. And I was like, come on. Yeah, that's stupid. But that's, so, um, like yeah. the, that's the craziest shit I've ever mm-hmm. heard involving somebody. Dude. Yeah. I like. I actually also remember bringing in the next day. I just brought in a, bo- a bag of Jolly Ranchers and just said, sorry about the blood. <laughs> I remember that. That was fucking Well, it's hilarious. like I wanted everyone to be like, it's funny. It's yeah. funny. Like, I'm fine. I think it's hilarious when I look back at it. I'm like, ah, yeah, that time that my arm got sliced open. Like, I can say that now <laughs> I've been in a knife fight and gotten, like, cut from a knife. Hell yeah. That's I don't, a dude, beautiful thing. That shit was, like, fucking, like, almost a half an inch deep, Yeah, dude. it was. It was fucking deep. It was deep. bad. It makes you at the one spot that was the most dangerous. Oh, my God, yeah. Literally, if it had been, like, apparently, like, any lower, like, I would have seen, like, a tendon. If it had been, <laughs> yeah. like, any higher, it might have been, like, an artery. And I was like, dude. <laughs> yikes. God. That's that's <sighs> that's wild, Dan. This is awesome, dude. Matt, I love you so much. I man. love you, man. I really this do. This is really great. Um, you know, I love you and I love Karen so much, and like we all need to get together within Absolutely. these next few weeks and like, yep. get, and just get something going. Come um, over at the end of the gym, my guy. Yeah. Um, for the people listening, mm-hmm. plug your Instagram, your Twitter. Where can people find you at? Yeah. So I don't go on Twitter because it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Fuck that. Uh, fuck Twitter. Um, but on Insta, you can find my lighting design at Matt underscore D D I underscore light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can find me at uh, angst Lord Matt on uh, my regular socials. I love it. Both of those are really, really great accounts. You're posting good shit all the time. Why? Thank you. I'm trying I to keep it. my sad boy facade alive. I love it. <laughs> um, on Twitter, we are average Ord pod. Um, at actually, it's average or podcast. I apologize about that. Um, on Instagram, we are average ordinary pod, and then on Facebook, we are your average ordinary. So make sure you give us a like, make sure you follow us, make sure you subscribe, make sure you rate us, even if it's a bad rating. I want more people rating us, and I want one the show star. To... Yeah, one star. Give one us star. one star. Who gives a fuck? I don't talk about rating? shit. I get it. 
you don't like me, that's fine. I totally get it. I totally um, understand. I'm not too sure who we're um, going with next week, but we're going to have a great guest. We always do. Always, man. Um, this was such a fucking like, blast, dude. It's such a blast. And you'll be back, dude. I promise you. I, I promise it. you at some point you will absolutely be back. Um, for now, support your local businesses. They've been hurting this year. Mm-hmm. Um, support the network at BICBP-radio.com. Uh, We've got some awesome podcasts on here. We've got Rediscovering the Indies, which is all wrestling, which I love pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. check them out. They are so awesome. Go. We have Rediscovering Indies. We have the Closed Fist. We have the Two Point Conversation. We have um, the panel discussion, which talk about comic books every week. I fucking love mm-hmm. comic books. Let's so go. support our whole network. We've got some awesome, awesome uh, people on here. So keep tuning into the podcast. Listen to us every Saturday. Keep your mental health good. You're doing great. You're doing awesome. For now, we will see you next Saturday. Bye, guys. Bye.